So the beginning of week 22 and day 148 as we continue through the Proverbs. Beginning at chapter 24 verse 15 and going through to chapter 28 verse 28. Don't set an ambush, wicked man, at the camp of the righteous man. Don't destroy his dwelling. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get up, but the wicked will stumble into ruin. Don't gloat when your enemy falls, and don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles, or the Lord will see, be displeased, and turn his wrath away from him. Don't worry because of evildoers, and don't envy the wicked, for the evil have no future, and the lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord as well as the king, and don't associate with rebels, for their destruction will come suddenly. Who knows what disaster these two can bring? These sayings also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. Whoever says to the guilty, you are innocent, people will curse him and tribes will denounce him. But it will go well with those who convict the guilty and a generous blessing will come to them. He who gives an honest answer gives a kiss on the lips. Complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterwards build your house. Don't testify against your neighbour without cause. Don't deceive with your lips. Don't say, I'll do to him what he did to me. I'll repay the man for what he has done. I went by the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. Thistles had come up everywhere. Weeds covered the ground and the stone wall was ruined. I saw and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber... A little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. These two are proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to investigate a matter. As the heaven is high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings cannot be investigated. Remove impurities from silver, and a vessel will be produced for a silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's presence, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Don't brag about yourself before the king, and don't stand in the place of the great, for it is better for him to say to you, Come up here, than to demote you in the plain view of a noble. Don't take a matter to court hastily. Otherwise, what will you do afterwards if your opponent humiliates you? Make your case with your opponent without revealing another's secret. Otherwise the one who hears will disgrace you and you'll never live it down. A word spoken at the right time is like golden apples in a silver tray. A wise correction to a receptive ear is like a gold ring or an ornament of gold. To those who send him a trustworthy messenger is like the coolness of snow on a harvest day. He refreshes the life of his masters. The man who boasts about a gift that does not exist is like clouds and wind without rain. A ruler can be persuaded through patience, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. If you find honey, eat only what you need, otherwise you'll get sick from it and vomit. Seldom set foot in your neighbour's house, otherwise he'll get sick of you and hate you. A man giving false testimony against his neighbour is like a club, a sword or a sharp arrow. Trusting an unreliable person in a time of trouble is like a rotten tooth or a faltering foot. Singing songs to a troubled heart is like taking off clothing on a cold day or like pouring vinegar on soda. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. The north wind produces rain and a backbiting tongue angry looks. Better to live in the corner of a roof than in a house shared with a nagging wife. 
Good news from a distant land is like cold water to a parched throat. A righteous person who yields to the wicked is like a muddied spring or a polluted well. It is not good to eat too much honey or to seek glory after glory. A man who does not control his temper is like a city whose wall is broken down. Like snow in summer and rain at harvest, honour is inappropriate for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow or a fluttering swallow, an undeserved curse goes nowhere. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness, or you'll be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his foolishness, or he'll become wise in his own eyes. To one who sends a message by a fool's hand, cuts off his own feet, and drinks violence. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like lame legs that hang limp. Giving honour to a fool is like binding a stone in a sling. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like a stick with thorns brandished by the hand of a drunkard. The one who hires a fool or who hires those passing by is like an archer who wounds everyone. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The slacker says, there's a lion in the road, a lion in the public square. A door turns on its hinge and a slacker on his bed. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl. He is too weary to bring it back to his mouth. In his own eyes, a slacker is wiser than seven men who can answer sensibly. A passerby who meddles in a quarrel that's not his is like one who grabs a dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws flaming darts and deadly arrows, so is the man who deceives his neighbour and says, I was only joking. Without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, conflict dies down. As charcoal for embers and wood for fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down to one's innermost being. Smooth lips with an evil heart are like glaze on an earthen vessel. A hateful person disguises himself with his speech and harbours deceit within. When he speaks graciously, don't believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is concealed by deception, his evil will be revealed in the assembly. The one who digs a pit will fall into it, and whoever rolls a stone, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth causes ruin. Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day might bring. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. A stone is heavy, and sand a burden, but aggravation from a fool outweighs them both. Fury is cruel, and anger is a flood, but who can withstand jealousy? Better an open reprimand than concealed love. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. A person who is full trembles on a honeycomb, but to a hungry person any bitter thing is sweet. A man wandering from him, his home is like a bird wandering from its nest. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. Don't abandon your friend or your father's friend, and don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbour nearby than a brother far away. Be wise, my son, and bring my heart joy, so that I can answer anyone who taunts me. The sensible see danger and take cover, the foolish keep going and are punished. Take his garment, for he has put up security for a stranger. Get collateral if it is for foreigners. 
If one blesses his neighbour with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him. An endless dripping on a rainy day and a nagging wife for alike. The one who controls her controls the wind and grasps oil with his right hand. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever looks after his master will be honoured. As the water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the person. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and people's eyes are never satisfied. Silver is tested in a crucible, gold in a smelter, and a man by the praise he receives. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with grain, you will not separate his foolishness from him. Know well the condition of your flock and pay attention to your herds, for wealth is not forever, not even a crown lasts for all time. When hay is removed and new growth appears, and the grain from the hills is gathered in, lambs will provide your clothing and goats the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, food for your household and nourishment for your servants. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When the land is in rebellion it has many rulers, but with a discerning and knowledgeable person it endures. A destitute leader who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no food. Those who reject the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law battle against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. Better a poor man who lives with integrity than a rich man who distorts right and wrong. A discerning son keeps the law, but a companion of gluttons humiliates his father. Whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest collects it for one who is kind to the poor. Anyone who turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is detestable. The one who leads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit what is good. A rich man is wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has discernment sees through him. When the righteous triumph there is great rejoicing, but when the wicked come to power people hide themselves. The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Happy is the one who is always reverent, but one who hardens his heart falls into trouble. A wicked ruler over a helpless people is like a roaring lion or a charging bear. A leader who lacks understanding is very oppressive, but one who hates unjust gain prolongs his life. A man burdened by blood guilt will be a fugitive until death. Let no one help him. The one who lives with integrity will be helped, but one who distorts right and wrong will suddenly fall. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful man will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. It is not good to show partiality, yet a man may sin for a piece of bread. A greedy man is in a hurry for wealth. He doesn't know that poverty will come to him. One who rebukes a person will later find more favour than one who flatters with his tongue. The one who robs his father or mother and says, That's no sin is a companion to a man who destroys. A greedy person provokes conflict, but whoever trusts in the Lord will prosper. The one who trusts in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. The one who gives to the poor will not be in need, but one who turns his eyes away will receive many curses. 
When the wicked come to power, people hide, but when they are destroyed, the righteous flourish. And there we end, day 148. Day 149, and we finish off Proverbs today, before we're going back into 1 Kings to see a little bit more about Solomon, and then into Ecclesiastes. But we finish off from chapter 29, verse 1, to chapter 30, verse 33 of Proverbs. One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands will be suddenly broken and without a remedy. When the righteous flourish, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but one who consorts with prostitutes destroys his wealth. By justice a king brings stability to a land, but a man who demands contributions demolishes it. A man who flatters his neighbour spreads a net for his feet. An evil man is caught by sin, but the righteous one sings and rejoices. The righteous person knows the rights of the poor, but the wicked one does not understand these concerns. Mockers inflame a city, but the wise turn away anger. If a wise man goes to court with a fool, there will be ranting and raving, but no resolution. Bloodthirsty men hate an honest person, but the upright care about him. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man holds it in check. If a ruler listens to lies, all his servants will be wicked. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. A king who judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. When the wicked increase, rebellion increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your son and he will give you comfort. He will also give you delight. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who keeps the law will be happy. A servant cannot be disciplined by words, though he understands he doesn't respond. Do you see a man who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A slave pampered from his youth will become arrogant later on. An angry man stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered man increases rebellion. A person's pride will humble him, but a humble spirit will gain honour. To be a thief's partner is to hate oneself. He hears the curse but will not testify. The fear of man is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. Many seek a ruler's favour, but a man receives justice from the Lord. An unjust man is detestable to the righteous, and one whose way is upright is detestable to the wicked. The words of Agur, son of Jakeh, the oracle. The man's oration to Ithiel, to Ithiel and Ukal. I am the least intelligent of men, and I lack man's ability to understand. I have not gained wisdom, and I have no knowledge of the Holy One. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his hands? Who has bound up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is the name of his son, if you know? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Don't add to his words, or he will rebuke you, and you will be proved a liar. Two things I ask of you, don't deny them to me before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise I might have too much and deny you, saying, Who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and steal profaning the name of my God. 
Don't slander a servant to his master or he will curse you and you will become guilty. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it is not washed from its filth. There is a generation how haughty its eyes and pretentious its looks. There is a generation whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives, devouring the oppressed from the land and the needy from among mankind. The leech has two daughters. Give, give. Three things are never satisfied, four never say enough. Sheol, a barren womb, earth which is never satisfied with water, and fire which never says enough. As for the eye that ridicules a father and despises obedience to a mother, may ravens of the valley pluck it out and young vultures eat it. Three things are beyond me, four I can't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship at sea, and the way of a man with a young woman. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. The earth trembles under three things it cannot bear up under four. A servant when he becomes king, a fool when he is stuffed with food, an unloved woman when she marries, and a serving girl when she ousts her lady. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. The ants are not a strong people, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are not a mighty people, yet they make their homes in the cliffs. Locusts have no king, yet all of them march in ranks. A lizard can be caught in your hands, yet it lives in king's palaces. Three things are stately in their stride, even four are stately in their walk. A lion, which is mightiest among beasts and doesn't retreat before anything. A strutting rooster, a goat, and a king at the head of an army. If you have been foolish by exalting yourself, or if you've been scheming, put your hand over your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and twisting a nose draws blood, and stirring up anger produces strife. And there we end Proverbs and move into 1 Kings chapter 11, reading from verse 1 to verse 40. King Solomon loved many foreign women in addition to Pharaoh's daughter, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite woman, from the nations that the Lord had told the Israelites about. Do not intermarry with them, and they must not intermarry with you, because they will turn you away from me to their gods. Solomon was deeply attached to these women and loved them. He had seven hundred wives who were princesses and three hundred concubines, and they turned his heart away from the Lord. When Solomon was old, his wives seduced him to follow other gods. His heart was not completely with the Lord his God as his father David's heart had been. Solomon followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and unlike his father David, he did not completely follow the Lord. At that time Solomon built a high place for Shemos, the detestable idol of Moab, and for Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites, on the hill across from Jerusalem. He did the same for all his foreign wives who were burning incense and offering sacrifices to their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. He had commanded him about this so that he would not follow other gods, but Solomon did not do what the Lord had commanded. Then the Lord said to Solomon, Since you have done this and did not keep my covenant and my statutes which I commanded you, I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, I will not do it during your lifetime because of your father David. 
I will tear it out of your son's hand. Yet I will not tear the entire kingdom away from him. I will give one tribe to your son because of my servant David and because of Jerusalem that I chose. So the Lord raised up Hadad the Edomite as an enemy against Solomon. He was of the royal family in Edom. And that was verse 14. We jump into verse 23. God raised up Rezan, son of Eliada, as an enemy against Solomon. Rezon had fled from his master Hadadezer, king of Zubah, and gathered men to himself. He became captain of a raiding party when David killed the Zubites. He went to Damascus, lived there, and became king in Damascus. Rezan was Israel's enemy throughout Solomon's reign, adding to the trouble Hadad had caused. He ruled over at Aram, but he loathed Israel. Now Solomon's servant Jeroboam, son of Nebat, was an Ephraimite from Zeradah. His widowed mother's name was Zeruah. Jeroboam rebelled against Solomon, and this is the reason he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the supporting terraces and repaired the opening in the wall of the city of his father David. Now the man Jeroboam was capable, and Solomon noticed the young man because he was getting things done. So he appointed him over the entire force of labour of the house of Joseph. During that time, the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite met Jeroboam on the road as Jeroboam came out of Jerusalem. Now Ahijah had wrapped himself with a new cloak, and the two of them were alone in the open field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he had on, tore it into twelve pieces, and said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I am about to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I will give you ten tribes, but one tribe will remain his because of my servant David and because of Jerusalem, the city I chose out of all the tribes of Israel. For they have abandoned me. They have bowed the knee to Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, to Shemosh, the god of Moab, and to Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. They have not walked in my ways to do right in my eyes and to carry out my statutes and my judgments, as his father David did. However, I will not take the whole kingdom from his hand, but will let him be ruler all the days of his life because of my servant David, whom I chose and who kept my commandments and my statutes. I will take ten tribes of the kingdom from his son's hand and give them to you. I will give one tribe to his son, so that my servant David will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city I chose for myself to put my name there. I will appoint you and you will reign as king over all you want, and you will be king over Israel. After that, if you obey all I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight, in order to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, I will be with you. I will build you a lasting dynasty just as I built for David, and I will give you Israel. I will humble David's descendants because of their unfaithfulness, but not forever. Therefore Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, where he remained until Solomon's death. And then we read Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1 to 11. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Absolute futility. Everything is futile. What does a man gain for all his efforts he labours at under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, panting it returns to its place where it rises. Gusting to the south, turning to the north, turning, turning goes the wind, and the wind returns in its cycles. All the streams flow to the sea, yet the sea is never full. 
The streams are flowing to the place, and they flow there again. All things are wearisome, man is unable to speak. The eye is not satisfied by seeing, or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Can one say about anything, look, this is new? It has already existed in the ages before us. There is no memory of those who came before, and of those who will come after, there will also be no memory among those who follow them. And there we end, day 149. Day 150, and we continue through Ecclesiastes, from chapter 1, verse 12, through to chapter 5, verse 7. I, the teacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to seek and explore through wisdom all that is done under heaven. God has given people this miserable task to keep them occupied. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun and have found everything to be futile a pursuit of the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened, what is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I have amassed wisdom far beyond all those who were over Jerusalem before me. And my mind has thoroughly grasped wisdom and knowledge. I applied my mind to know wisdom and knowledge, madness and folly. I learned that this too is a pursuit of the wind. For with much wisdom is much sorrow. As knowledge increases, grief increases. I said to myself, Go ahead, I will test you with pleasure and enjoy what is good. But it turned out to be futile. I said about laughter, it is madness and about pleasure. What does this accomplish? I explored with my mind how to let my body enjoy life with wine and how to grasp folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom, until I could see what is good for people to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I increased my achievements. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself and planted every kind of fruit tree in them. I constructed reservoirs of water for myself from which to irrigate a grove of flourishing trees. I acquired male and female servants and had slaves who were born in my house. I also owned many herds of cattle and flocks, more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. I also amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I gathered male and female singers to myself and many concubines, the delights of men. Thus I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also remained with me. All that my eyes desired, I did not deny them. I did not refuse myself any pleasure, for I took pleasure in all my struggles. This was my reward for all my struggles. When I considered all that I had accomplished and what I had laboured to achieve, I found everything to be futile in a pursuit of the wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. Then I turned to consider wisdom, madness and folly. For what will the man be like who comes after the king? He will do what has already been done. And I realised that there is an advantage to wisdom over folly, like the advantage of light over darkness. The wise man has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I also knew that one fate comes to them both. So I said to myself, What happens to the fool will also happen to me. Why then have I been overly wise? And I said to myself that this is also futile. For just like the fool, there is no lasting remembrance of the wise man, since in the days to come both will be forgotten. How is it that the wise man dies just like the fool? Therefore I hated life, because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me. 
for everything is futile and a pursuit of the wind. I hated all my work at which I laboured under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who comes after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will take over all my work that I laboured at skilfully under the sun. This too is futile. So I began to give myself over to despair concerning all my work I had laboured at under the sun. For there is a man whose work was done with wisdom, knowledge and skill, but he must give his portion to a man who has not worked for it. This too is futile and a great wrong. For what does a man get with all his work and all his efforts that he labours with under the sun? For all his days are filled with grief and his occupation is sorrowful. Even at night his mind does not rest. This too is futile. There is nothing better for man than to eat, drink and to enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. For who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? For to the man who is pleasing in his sight he gives wisdom, knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he gives the task of gathering and accumulating, in order to give to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. This too is futile and a pursuit of the wind. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but man cannot discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks and enjoys all his efforts. I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been, and whatever will be already is. God repeats what has passed. I also observed under the sun, there is wickedness at the place of judgment, and there is wickedness at the place of righteousness. I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, since there is a time for every activity and every work. I said to myself, This happens concerning people, so that God may test them, and they may see for themselves that they are like animals. For the fate of people and the fate of animals is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. People have no advantage over animals, for everything is futile. All are going to the same place. All come from dust, and all return to dust. Who knows if the spirit of people rises upward, and the spirit of animals goes downward to the earth? I have seen that there is nothing better than for a person to enjoy his activities because that is his reward. For who can enable him to see what will happen after he dies? And then we read Psalm 49 verse 1 to 20. Hear this all you peoples, listen all you who inhabit the earth, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth speaks wisdom, my heart's meditation brings understanding. I turn my ear to a proverb, I explain my riddle with a lyre. 
Why should I fear in times of trouble? The iniquity of my foes surrounds me. They trust in their wealth and boast of their abundant riches. Yet these cannot redeem a person or pay his ransom to God. Since the price of redeeming him is too costly, one should stop forever trying, so that he may live forever and not see the pit. For one can see that wise men die, the foolish and the senseless also pass away. Then they leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their eternal homes, their homes from generation to generation, though they have named estates after themselves. But despite his assets, man will not last. He is like the animals that perish. This is the way of those who are arrogant and of their followers who approve of their words. Like sheep they are headed for Sheol, death will shepherd them. The upright will rule over them in the morning and their form will waste away in Sheol far from their lofty abode. But God will redeem my life from the power of Sheol for he will take me. Do not be afraid when a man gets rich, when the wealth of his house increases. For when he dies he will take nothing at all. His wealth will not follow him down. Though he praises himself during his lifetime and people praise you when you do well for yourself, he will go to the generation of his fathers. They will never see the light. A man with valuable possessions but without understanding is like the animals that perish. And then we go back and to read Ecclesiastes 4 from verse 1 to five, chapter, chapter 5 verse 7. Again I observed all the acts of oppression being done under the sun. Look at the tears of those who are oppressed. They have no one to comfort them. Par is with those who oppress them. They have no one to comfort them. So I admired the dead who have already died more than the living who are still alive. But better than either of them is the one who has not yet existed, who has not seen the evil activity that is done under the sun. I saw that all labour and all skilful work is due to a man's jealousy of his friend. This too is futile and a pursuit of the wind. The fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and pursuit of the wind. Again I saw futility under the sun. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or brother, and though there is no end to all his struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. So who am I struggling for, he asks, and depriving myself from good? This too is futile and a terrible task. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts, for if either falls his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also if two lie down together they can keep warm, but how can one person alone keep warm? And if somebody overpowers one person too can resist him, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Better is a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer pays attention to warnings. For he came from prison to be king even though he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw all the living who move about under the sun follow a second youth who succeeds him. There is no limit to all the people who were before them, yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. This too is futile and a pursuit of the wind. Guard your step when you go to the house of God. Better to draw near in obedience than to offer the sacrifices fools do, for they are ignorant and do wrong. Do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. For dreams result from much work and a fool's voice from many words. When you make a vow to God, don't delay fulfilling it because he does not delight in fools. Fulfill what you vow. 
Better that you do not vow than that you vow and do not fulfil it. Do not let your mouth bring guilt on you, and do not say in the presence of the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry with your words and destroy the work of your hands? For many dreams bring futility, also many words. So fear God. And there we end, day 150. Day 151, and we continue from Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 8 through to chapter 9 verse 18. If you see oppression of the poor and perversion of justice and righteousness in the province, don't be astonished at the situation, because one official protects another official and higher officials protect them. The profit from the land is taken by all, the king is served by the field. The one who loves money is never satisfied with money, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with income. This too is futile. When good things increase, the one who consumes them multiply. What then is the profit to the owner except to gaze at them with his eyes? The sleep of the worker is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich permits him no sleep. There is a sickening tragedy I have seen under the sun, wealth kept by its owner to his harm. That wealth was lost in a bad venture, so when he fathered a son he was empty-handed. As he came from his mother's womb, so he will go again naked as he came. He will take nothing for his efforts that he can carry in his hands. This too is a sickening tragedy. Exactly as he comes, so he will go. What does he gain who struggles for the wind? What is more, he eats in darkness all his days with much sorrow, sickness and anger. Here is what I have seen to be good. It is appropriate to eat, drink and experience good in all the labour one does under the sun during the few days of his life God has given him, because that is his reward. God has also given riches and wealth to every man, and he has allowed him to enjoy them. Take his reward and rejoice in his labour. This is a gift of God, for he does not often consider the days of his life, because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. Here is a tragedy I have observed under the sun, and it weighs heavily on humanity. God gives a man riches, wealth, and honour, so that he lacks nothing of all he desires for himself. But God does not allow him to enjoy them. Instead, a stranger will enjoy them. This is futile and a sickening tragedy. A man may father a hundred children and live many years. No matter how long he lives, if he is not satisfied by good things and does not even have a proper burial... I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. For he comes in futility, and he goes in darkness, and his name is shrouded in darkness. Though a stillborn child does not see the sun and is not conscious, it is more rest than he. And if he lives a thousand years twice, but does not experience happiness, do not both go to the same place. A man's labour is for his stomach, yet the appetite is never satisfied. What advantage then does the wise man have over the fool? What advantage is there for the poor person who knows how to conduct himself before others? Better what the eyes see than a wandering desire. This too is futile in a pursuit of the wind. Whatever exists was given its name long ago, and who man is is known. But he is not able to contend with the one stronger than he. For when there are many words they increase futility. What is the advantage for man? For who knows what is good for man in life in the few days of his futile life that he spends like a shadow? Who can tell man what will happen after him under the sun? 
A good name is better than fine perfume in the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, since that is the end of all mankind, and the living should take it to heart. Grief is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be glad. The heart of the wise is in a house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in a house of pleasure. It is better to listen to rebuke from a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. For like the crackling of burning thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This too is futile. Surely the practice of extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe destroys the mind. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. A patient spirit is better than a proud spirit. Don't let your spirit rush to be angry, for anger abides in the heart of fools. Don't say, why were the former days better than these? For it is not wise of you to ask this. Wisdom is as good as an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. For wisdom is protection as money is protection, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Consider the work of God, for who can straighten out what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversary consider. Without question God has made the one as well as the other, so that man cannot discover anything that will come after him. In my futile life I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in spite of his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who lives long in spite of his evil. Don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be excessively wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp the one and do not let the other slip from your hand, for the one who fears God will end up with both of them. Wisdom makes the wise man stronger than ten rulers of a city. There is certainly no righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Don't pay attention to everything people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you, for you know that many times you yourself have cursed others. I have tested all this by wisdom. I resolved I will be wise, but it was beyond me. What exists is beyond reach and very deep. Who can discover it? I turned my thoughts to know, explore, and seek wisdom and an explanation for things, and to know that wickedness is stupidity and folly is madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman who is a trap, her heart a net and her hands chains. The one who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Look, says the teacher, this I have discovered by adding one thing to another to find out the explanation, which my soul continually searches for but does not find. Among a thousand people I have found one true man, but among all these I have not found a true woman. Only see this. I have discovered that God made people upright, but they pursued many schemes. Who is like the wise person, and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom brightens his face, and the sternness of his face is changed. Keep the king's command. Concerning an oath by God, do not be in a hurry. Leave his presence and don't persist in a bad cause, since he will do whatever he wants. For the king's word is authoritative, and who can say to him, What are you doing? The one who keeps a command will not experience anything harmful, and a wise heart knows the right time and procedure. For every activity there is a right time and procedure, even though man's troubles are heavy on him. Yet no one knows what will happen, because no one can tell him what will happen. 
No one has authority over the winter to restrain it, and there is no authority over the day of death. There is no furlough in battle, and wickedness will not allow those who practice it to escape. All this I have seen, applying my mind to all the work that is done under the sun, at a time when one man has authority over another to his harm. In such circumstances I saw the wicked buried. They came and went from the holy place, and they were praised in the city where they did so. This too is futile. Because the sentence against a criminal act is not carried out quickly, therefore the heart of people is filled with the desire to commit crime. Although a sinner commits crime a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I also know that it will go well with God-fearing people, for they are reverent before him. However, it will not go well with the wicked, and they will not lengthen their days like a shadow, for they are not reverent before God. There is a futility that is done on the earth. There are righteous people who get what the actions of the wicked deserve, and there are wicked people who get what the actions of the righteous deserve. I say that this too is futile. So I commended enjoyment, because there is nothing better for man under the sun except to eat, drink, and enjoy himself. For this will accompany him in his labour during the years of his days that God gives him under the sun. When I applied my mind to no wisdom and to observe the activity that is done on the earth, even though one's eyes do not close in sleep day or night, I observed all the work of God and concluded that man is unable to discover the work that is done under the sun. Even though a man labours hard to explore it, he cannot find it. Even if the wise man claims to know it, he is unable to discover it. Instead, I took all this to heart and explained it all. The righteous, the wise, and their works are in God's hands. People don't know whether to accept love or hate. Everything lies ahead of them. Everything is the same for everyone. There is one fate for the righteous and the wicked, for the good and the bad, for the clean and the unclean, for the one who sacrifices and the one who does not sacrifice. As it is for the good, so it is for the sinner. As for the one who takes an oath, so for the one who fears an oath. There is an evil in all that is done under the sun. There is one fate for everyone. In addition, the hearts of people are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. After that they go to the dead. But there is hope for whoever is joined with all the living, since a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead don't know anything. There is no longer a reward for them, because the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their envy have already disappeared, and there is no longer a portion for them in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with pleasure, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and never let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun all your fleeting days. For that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength, because there is no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Again I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, or bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favour to the skilful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. For man certainly does not know his time, like fish caught in a cruel net, or like birds caught in a trap. So people are trapped in an evil time as it suddenly falls on them. 
I have observed that this also is wisdom under the sun, and it is significant to me. There was a small city with few men in it. A great king came against it, surrounded it, and built large siege works against it. Now a poor wise man was found in the city, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. And I said, Wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. The calm words of the wise are heeded more than the shouts of a ruler over fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner can destroy much good. And there we end. Day 151. Day 152, and we finish off Ecclesiastes before going into uh, a bit more of a lineage uh, and a bit more jumping about. But we'll finish off Ecclesiastes first before doing that, starting at chapter 10, verse 1. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil ferment and stink, so little folly outweighs wisdom and honour. A wise man's heart goes to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks along the road, his heart lacks sense, and he shows everyone he is a fool. If the ruler's anger rises against you, don't leave your place, for calmness puts great offences to rest. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, an error proceeding from the presence of the ruler. The fool is appointed to great heights, but the rich remain in lowly positions. I have seen slaves on horses, but princes walking on the ground like slaves. The one who digs a pit may fall into it, and the one who breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. The one who quarries stones may be hurt by them, the one who splits trees may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen its edge, then one must exert more strength. However, the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success. If the snake bites before it is charmed, then there is no advantage for the charmer. The words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is folly, but the end of his speaking is evil madness. Yet the fool multiplies words. No one knows what will happen, and who can tell anyone what will happen after him? The struggles of fools wearies them, for they don't know how to go to the city. Woe to you, land, when your king is a household servant, and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, land, when your king is a son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness the roof caves in, and because of neg negligent hands the house leaks. A feast is prepared for laughter, and wine makes life happy, and money is the answer for everything. Do not curse the king even in your thoughts, and do not curse a rich person even in your bedroom, for a bird of the sky may carry the message, and a winged creature may report the matter. Send your bread on the surface of the waters, for after many days you may find it. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full, they will pour out rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the north or the south, the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you don't know the path of the wind, or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening do not let your hand rest, because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. Light is sweet, and it is pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. For if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, since there will be many. 
all that comes is futile. Rejoice, young man, while you are young, and let your heart be glad in the days of your youth, and walk in the ways of your heart and in the sights of your eyes, but know that for all of these things God will bring you to judgment. Remove sorrow from your heart and put away pain from your flesh, because youth and the prime of life are fleeting, so remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them, before the sun and the light are darkened and the moon and the stars and the clouds after return to rain, on the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, the women who grind cease because they are few and the ones who watch through the windows see dimly, and the doors at the street are shut while the sound of the mill fades, when one rises at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song grow faint, also they are afraid of heights and dangers on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper loses its spring, and the caper berry has no effect. For man is headed to his eternal home, and mourners will walk around in the street. Before the silver cord is snapped, and the golden bowl is broken, and the jar is shattered at the spring, and the wheel is broken into the well. And the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile. In addition to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught the people knowledge. He weighed, explored and arranged many proverbs. The teacher sought to find delightful sayings and to accurately write words of truth. The sayings of the wise are like goads and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. The sayings are given by one shepherd. But beyond these, my son, be warned. There is no end to the making of many books, and much study wearies the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is, Fear God and keep his commands, because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Then we read First Kings chapter 11, verse 41 to 43. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, along with all his accomplishments and his wisdom, are written about in the book of Solomon's events. The length of Solomon's reign in Jerusalem over all Israel totaled forty years. Solomon rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam became king in his place. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 29-31. to 31. The remaining events of Solomon's reign from beginning to end are written about in the events of Nathan the prophet, the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. Solomon rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam became king in his place. And then First Chronicles chapter 3 verse 10 to 24. Solomon's son was Rehoboam, his son was Abijah, his son Asa, his son Jehoshaphat, his son Jehoram, his son Ahaziah, his son Joash, his son Amaziah, his son Azariah, his son Jotham, his son Ahaz, his son Hezekiah, his son Manasseh, his son Amon, and his son Josiah. Josiah's sons. Johanan was the firstborn, Jehoiakim second, Zedekiah third, and Shalom fourth. Jehoiakim's sons, his sons Jeconiah and Zedekiah, the sons of Jeconiah the captive, his sons Shelethel, Malchiram, Pediah, Shinazar, Jechamim, Hoshama, and Nedabiah, Pediah's sons Zerubbabel and Shemai, Zerubbabel's sons Meshulam and Hananiah with their sisters Shilmith, and five others, Hashubah, Ohel, Berechiah, 
Hazadiah and Jushed Behesed, Hananiah's descendants, Pelathiah, Jeshiah, and the sons of Rephaphiah, Arnan, Obadiah, and Shechaniah, the sons of Shechaniah, Shemaiah, Shemaiah's sons, Hatush, Egal, Beriah, Neriah, and Shaphat, six. Neriah's sons, Elonai, Hezkiah, and Azeram, three. Elonai's sons, Hodaviah, Elishib, Peliah, Akub, Johanan, Deliah, and Ananai, seven. And then Genesis chapter 35, verse 23 to 26. Leah's sons were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Eshikar, and Zebulun. Rachel's sons were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Rachel's slave Bilhah were Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Leah's slave Zilpah were Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padan Aram. And First Chronicles chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. These were Israel's sons. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And First Chronicles 4, 1-14. Judah's sons Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shubal. Rahiah, son of Shubal, fathered Jahath, and Jahath fathered Ahumai and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. These were Etam's sons Jezreel, Ishma, and Idbash. And their sister was named Hazalapuni. Hmm. Penuel fathered Gedor and Nazar fathered Husha. These were the sons of Hur. Ephrathath's firstborn, the father of Bethlehem. Ashur fathered Dekoah and had two wives, Hala and Nara. Nara bore him Ahumzam, Hefer, Temani, and Hashhartari. These were Nahar's sons, Halel's sons, Zereth, Zohar, and Ethnan. Koz fathered Anub. Zubaba and the families of Arharel, son of Harum. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez and said, I give birth to him in pain. Jabez called out to the God of Israel, If only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will not cause any pain. And God granted this request. Jalub, brother of Shuha, fathered Mahir, who was the father of Eshton. Eshton fathered Beth Rapha. Paesh and Tenia, the father of Ernashash. These were the men of Rika. Kenaz's sons Othniel and Seraiah. Othniel's sons Hathath and Menathai. Menathai fathered Ophra. And Seraiah fathered Joab, the ancestor of those in the Valley of Craftsmen, for they were craftsmen. And First Chronicles 4, 16-23. Jehalel's sons Ziph, Zephai, Teriah and Asarel. Ezra's sons Jether, Mered, Efer, and Jalon. Mered's wife Bithai gave birth to Miriam, Shemai, and Ishba, the father of Eshtomah. These were the sons of Pharaoh's daughters, Bitha. Mered had married her. His Judean wife gave birth to Jured, the father of Gedor, Heber, the father of Soko, and Jethethel, the father of Zanutha. The sons of Hodiah's wife, the sister of Naham, the father of Keliah, the Goramite, and the father of Eshtomah, the Machathite. Shimon's sons Amnon, Rina, Ben-Hanan, and Tilon, Eshi's sons Zoheth and Ben-Zoheth. The sons of Shelah, son of Judah, Er, the father of Lakah, Ladah, the father of Marashah, the families of the guild of linen workers at Beth Ashbi, Jochim, the men of Guzabah, and Joash and Sarafah, who married Moabites and returned to Lahem. These names are from the ancient records. They were the potters and residents of Netam and Gerdara. They lived there in the service of the king. 
And then Ruth chapter 4, verse 19 to 22. Hezron fathered Ram, who fathered Aminabad. Aminabad fathered Nashon, who fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz, who fathered Obed. And Obed fathered Jesse, who fathered David. And First Chronicles chapter 2, verse 9 to 17. To finish today. Hezron's sons who were born to him, Jeremiel, Ram, and Chelubai. Ram fathered Aminabad, and Aminabad fathered Nashon, a leader of Judah's descendants. Nashon fathered Salma, and Salma fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed, and Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered Eliab, his firstborn. Abinadab was born second, Shemai third, Nathaniel fourth, Radi fifth, Uzem sixth, and David seventh. Their sisters were Zariah and Abigail. Zariah's three sons, Abishai, Joab, and Ashael. Amasa's mother was Abigail, and his father was Jether the Ishmaelite. And there we end, day 151. It wasn't day 151, it was day 152. And so today, we continue on in day 153. Um, we jump about a lot, um, today and tomorrow. Uh, it's a lot of genealogies, and we begin in First Chronicles chapter 2, and we go from verse 18 to verse 55. Caleb son of Hezron had children by his wife Azubah and by Jerioth. These were Abuzah's sons, Jeshur, Shubab and Arden. When Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrath and she bore him her. Her fathered Uri and Uri fathered Bezalel. After this, Hezron slept with the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead. Hezron had married her when he was sixty years old, and she bore him Segub. Segub fathered Jir, who possessed twenty-three towns in the land of Gilead. But Geshur and Aram captured Jair's villages, along with the Keniath and its villages, sixty towns. All these were the sons of Machir, father of Gilead. After Hezron's death in Caleb, Ephraphath, his wife Abijah, bore him Asher, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, Hezron's firstborn, Ram his firstborn, Buna, Oren, Ozem, and Ahijah. Jeremiel had another wife named Atarah, who was the mother of Unam. The sons of Ram, Jeremiel's firstborn, Maz, Jamim, and Eker. Unam's sons, Shemai and Jada. Shemai's sons, Nadab and Abishur. Abishur's wife was named Abahal, who bore him Adahab and Molid. Nadab's sons Saled and Apaim. Saled died without children. Apaim's sons Ishi. Ishi's sons Sheshan. Sheshan's descendants Ahlai. The sons of Jada, brother of Shemai. Jether and Jonathan. Jether died without children. Jonathan's sons Peleth and Zaza. These were the descendants of Jeremiel. Sheshan had no sons, only daughters, but he did have an Egyptian slave whose name was Jarah. Sheshan gave his daughter in marriage to his servant Jarrah, and she bore him Atai. Atai fathered Nathan, and Nathan fathered Zabad. Zabad fathered Epai, and Epai fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jehu, and Jehu fathered Azariah. Azariah fathered Halez, and Halez fathered Eshael. Eshael fathered Shemai, and Sismai fathered Shalum. Shalom fathered Tekemiah, and Tekemiah fathered Elishama. The sons of Caleb, brother of Jeremiel. Mesha, his firstborn, fathered Ziph, and Merashesh, his second son, fathered Hebron. Hebron's sons, Korah, Tapua, Rechem, and Shema. 
Shema fathered Raham, who fathered Jorkaim, and Rakem fathered Shemai. Shemai's sons was Maon, and Maon fathered Beth Zur. Caleb's concubine Epa was the mother of Haran, Moza, and Gazez. Haran fathered Gazez. Jaidai's sons Rugem, Jotham, Geshan, Palet, Ipa, and Shaf. Caleb's concubine Maka was the mother of Sheber and Tirhana. She was also the mother of Shah, Madmanah's father, and of Sheba, the father of Machbanah and Gibeah. Caleb's daughter was Asha. These were Caleb's descendants. The sons of Hur, Erprafath's firstborn, Shubal fathered Kiriasherim, Salma fathered Bethlehem, and Harap fathered Bethgadar. These were the descendants of Shubal, the father of Kiriath Jerim, Harua, half of the Manathathites, and the families of Kiriath Jerim, the Ithrites, Puthites, Shumanites, and Mishorites, the Zoorites, and Eshtolites descended from these. Salma's sons, Bethlehem, the Nethathites, Arath, Beth, Joab, and half of the Manamathites, the Zorites and the families of scribes who lived in Jabez, the Terathites, Shimathites, and Sukathites. These are the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of Rechab's family. And then First Chronicles 4, verse 15. The sons of Caleb, son of Jepuneth, Eru, Elah, and Nam, Elah's sons, Kenaz. Exodus chapter 6, verse 17. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shemai by their clans. Numbers chapter 3, verse 18. These were the names of Gershon's sons by their clans, Libni and Shemai. First Chronicles 6, verse 17. These are the names of Gershom's sons, Libni and Shemai. Chapter 6, verse 20 and 21. Of Gershom, his son Libni, his son Jahath, his son Zimah, his son Jua, his son Edo, his son Zerah, and his son Jetharai. First Chronicles 23, verse 7 to 11. The Gershomites, Ladan and Shemai. Ladan's sons Jehiel was the first, then Zetham and Jewel, three. Shemai's sons Shelamoth, Hazael and Haran, three. Those were the heads of the families of Ladan. Shemai's sons Jahath, Ziza, Jeush and Beriah. Those were Shemai's sons, four. Jahath was the first and Ziza was the second. However, Jeush and Beriah did have many sons, so they became an ancestral house and received single assignment. Exodus chapter 6 verse 18, the sons of Kohath, Amran, Izar, Hebron and Uziel. Kohath lived 133 years. Numbers chapter 3 verse 19, Kohath's sons by their clans were Amram, Izar, Hebron and Uziel. First Chronicles 6 verse 2, Kohath's sons Amram, Izar, Hebron and Uziel. First Chronicles 6 verse 18, Kohath's sons Amram, Izar, Hebron and Uziel. Chronicles 23, chapter 12, verse 12. Kohath's sons Amram, Zizar, Hebron, and Uziel, 4. Exodus chapter 6, verse 21 to 22, and then verse 24. The sons of Izar, Korah, Nepheg, and Zichri. The sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzapan, and Sithri. And then the sons of Korah, Asir, Elkanah, and Abisaph. These are the clans of the Korathites. 1 Chronicles 6, verse 22 to 28. Kohath's sons, his son Aminabad, his son Korah, his son Asir, his son Elkanah, his son Ebasaph, his son Asir, his son Tahath, his son Uriel, his son Uzziah, and his son Shaul. Elkanah's sons Amasai and Ahimoth, his son Elkanah, his son Zuphai, 
his son Nahath, his son Eliab, his son Jeroham, and his son Elkanah. Samuel's sons, his firstborn Jewel, and his second son Abijah. First Chronicles 23, verse 18 to 20. Izar's sons Shelemith was his first, Hebron's sons Jeriah his first, Amariah second, Jahaziel third, and Jechamim fourth. Uziel's sons Micah was first, and Ishiah second. And then First Chronicles 6, verse 3 to 15. Amram's children, Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Aaron's sons Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Eliezer fathered Phinehas, and Phinehas fathered Abishua. Abishua fathered Buki, Buki fathered Uzi. Uzi fathered Zerahiah, Zerahiah fathered Marioth. Marioth fathered Amariah, Amariah fathered Ahutub. Ahutub fathered Zadok, Zadok fathered Ahimaz, Ahimaz fathered Jonahan, Jonahan fathered Azariah, who served as priest in the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem. Azariah fathered Amariah, Amariah fathered Ahitub, Ahitub fathered Zadok, Zadok fathered Shalom, Shalom fathered Hilkiah, Hilkiah fathered Azariah, Azariah fathered Seriah, and Seriah fathered Jehozadak. Jehozadak went into exile when the Lord sent Judah and Jerusalem into exile at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. And then chapter 6, verse 50 to 53. These are Aaron's sons, his son Eliezer, his son Phinehas, his son Abishua, his son Buki, his son Uzi, his son Zerahiah, his son Merioth, his son Amariah, his son Ahitub, his son Zadok, and his son Ahimaz. And then Ezra, chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. After these events, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, Ezra, Sariah's son, Azariah's son, Hilkiah's son, Shalom's son, Zadok's son, Ahitub's son, Amariah's son, Azariah's son, Merioth's son, Zerahiah's son, Uzi's son, Buki's son, Abishua's son, Phinehas's son, Eliezer's son, Aaron the chief priest's son. And Exodus chapter 6 verse 19, the sons of Merari, Mahli and Mushi, these are the clans of the Levites according to their genealogy. Numbers chapter 3 verse 20 Moriah's sons by their clans were Mahli and Mushi. These were the Levite clans by their ancestral houses. First Chronicles 6 verse 19 Merari's sons Mahli and Mushi. These are the Levites' families according to their fathers. And verse 29 to 30 of chapter 6 Merari's sons Mahli, his son Libni, his son Shemai, his son Uzzah, his son Shemai, his son Haggaiah, and his son Asahiah. First Chronicles 23, verse 21 to 23. Merari's son Mahli and Mushi, Mali's sons Eliezer and Kish. Eliezer died having no sons, only daughters. Their cousins, the sons of Kish, married them. Mushi's sons Mahli, Eder and Jeremoth, three. And then First Chronicles 6, verse 31 to 48, to finish today. These are the men David put in charge of the music in the Lord's temple after the ark came to rest there. They ministered with song in front of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, until Solomon built the Lord's temple in Jerusalem, and they performed their task according to the regulations given to them. These are the men who served with their sons. From the Korathites, Hemam the singer, son of Jewel, son of Samuel, son of Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Eliel, son of Toa, son of Zuf, son of Elkanah, son of Mahath, son of Amasai, son of Elkanah, son of Jewel, son of Azariah, son of Zephaniah, son of Tabath, son of Asir, son of Ebisaph, son of Korah, son of Ishar, son of Kohath, 
son of Levi, son of Israel. Haman's relatives was Asaph, who stood at the right hand. Asaph, son of Berechiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Michael, son of Basaiah, son of Malkijah, son of Ethni, son of Zerah, son of Adaiah, son of Ethan, son of Zimah, son of Shemai, son of Jehath, son of Gershom, son of Levi. On the left their relatives were Merari's sons, Ethan, son of Kishi, son of Abdi, son of Maluch, son of Hashbahiah, son of Amaziah, son of Hilkiah, son of Amzi, son of Bani, son of Shemer, son of Mechli, son of Mushi, son of Merari, son of Levi. Their relatives, the Levites, were assigned to all the service of the tabernacle, God's temple. And there we end, day 153. So day 154 and the last day of week 22. And again today, it's a, a lot of genealogy, genealogies, lots of sons of, sons of. Um, and so we'll try to order them uh, in a good way. But we begin at Exodus chapter 16, verse 14. These are the heads of their father's families, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanok and Palu, Hezron and Carmi, these are the clans of Reuben. First Chronicles 5, verse 1 to 17. These were the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. He was the firstborn, but his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, son of Israel, because Reuben defiled his father's bed. He is not listed in the genealogy according to birthright. Although Judah became strong among his brothers and a ruler came from him, the birthright was given to Joseph. The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi, Joel's sons, his son Shemaiah, his son Gog, his son Shemai, his son Micah, his son Rahiah, his son Baal, and his son Barah. Barah was a leader of the Reubenites, and Tigli, Pelisar, king of Assyria, took him into exile. His relatives by their families, as they are recorded in their genealogy, Jael the chief, Zechariah, and Bela, son of Azaz, son of Shemah, son of Joel, they settled in Aror as far as Nebo and Balmanon. They also settled in the east as far as the edge of the desert that extends to the Euphrates River because their herds had increased in the land of Gilead. The sons of Gad lived next to them in the land of Bashan as far as Salaka. Joel the chief, Sapham the second in command, Janai and Shaphat in Bashan, their relatives according to their ancestral houses. Michael, Meshulam, Sheba, Jorah, Jechan, Zai, and Eber, seven. These were the sons of Abihal, son of Huri, son of Jeroah, son of Gilead, son of Michael, son of Jeshiah, son of Jado, son of Buz. Ahi, son of Abidel, son of Guni, was head of their ancestral houses. They lived in Gilead and Bashan and its towns and throughout the pasture lands of Sharon. All of them were registered in the genealogies during the reigns of Judah's king Jotham and Israel's king Jeroboam. And then chapter 5 verse 23 to 24. The sons of half the tribe of Manasseh settled in the land from Bashan to Baal-Hermon, that is Sinir or Mount Hermon. They were numerous. These were the herd, the herds, the heads of their ancestral houses, Epher, Ishi, Eliel, Azrael, Jeremiah, Hodaviah and Jerahil. They were brave warriors famous men and heads of their patriarchal families. And First Chronicles 7, verse 14 and 19. Manasseh's son, through the Armenian concubine, Azrael and Machir, the father of Gilead. Machir took wives from Hupim and Shupim. 
The name of his sister was Machab. Another descendant was named Jeholopad, but he had only daughters. Machir's wife Machah gave birth to a son, and she named him Peresh. His brother was named Sheresh, and his sons were Ulam and Rakem. Ulam's sons Badan. These were the sons of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh. His sister Ahomelech gave birth to Ishod, Abiezer, and Malal. Shemadiah's sons Ahain, Shemech, Lichi, and Anaim. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 15, the sons of Simeon, Jethul, Jamin, Nohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shahul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the clans of Simeon. In First Chronicles 4, verse 24 to 27, Simeon's sons Nemuel, Jamin, Jarib, Zerah, and Shaul. Shaul's sons, his son Shalum, his son Mishbam, and his sons Mishma. Mishma's sons, his son Hamuel, his son Zakur, and his son Shimi. Shimi had sixteen sons and six daughters, but his brothers did not have many children, so their whole family did not become as numerous as the Judeans. In 1 Chronicles 4, verse 34 to 38, Meshoab, Jamech, Joshah, son of Amaziah, Joel, Jehu, son of Jehoshabah, son of Sariah, son of Asael, Elonai, Jacobah, Jehoshahiah, Aziah, Adiel, Jesamil, Baniah, and Zizah, son of Shippi, son of Alon, son of Jediah, son of Shimri, son of Shemaiah. These mentioned by name were leaders in their families. Their ancestral houses increased greatly. First Chronicles 7, verse 1 to 5. Ishkar's sons Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron, four. Tola's sons Uzi, Rapiah, Jeril, Jamah, Ibsam, and Shemul, the heads of their ancestral houses. During David's reign, 22,600 descendants of Tola were recorded as warriors in their genealogies. Uzi's sons Eraziah, Eraziah's sons Michael, Obadiah, Joel, Ishai, all five of them were chiefs. Along with them, they had 36,000 troops for battle, according to the genealogical records of their ancestral houses, for they had many wives and children. Their tribesmen, who were warriors belonging to all the families of Ishkar, totaled 87,000 in their genealogies. In First Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13, Naphtali's sons Jahaziel, Guni, Jezer, and Shemul, Bilhaz's sons. In chapter 7, verse 20 to 40, Ephraim's sons Shulathah and his son Bered, his son Tahath, his son Ildah, his son Tahath, his son Zabah, his son Shuthathlah, Ezer and Elad. The men of Gath who were born in the land killed Ezer and Elad because they went down to raid their cattle. Their father Ephraim mourned a long time and his relatives came to comfort him. He slept with his wife and she conceived and gave birth to a son. So he named him Bariah because there had been misfortune in his home. His daughter was Sherah, who built lower and upper Beth Haran and Uzna Sherah. His son Raphah, his son Reshef, his son Tila, his son Tahan, his son Ladan, his son Amahud, his son Elishama, his son Nun, and his son Joshua. Their holdings and settlements were Bethel and its villages, Naran to the east, Gezer and its villages to the west, and Shechem and its villages, as far as Aya and its villages, and along the borders of the sons of Manasseh, Bethshean and its villages, Tanakh and its villages, Megiddo and its villages, and Dor and its villages. The sons of Joseph, son of Israel, lived in these towns. 
Asher's sons Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Beriah with their sister Sarah, Beriah's sons Heber and Michlal, who fathered Birzith, Heber fathered Jephlet, Shomer and Hotham with their sisters Shua, Jephlet's sons Pashab, Bimla, and Ashvath, these were Jephlet's sons, Shomer's sons Ahi, Roka, Huba, and Aram, his brother Halem's sons Zufa, Imni, Shalesh, and Amma, Zophath's sons Shua, Harpaner, Shua, Bera, Imra, Bezer, Hod, Shama, Shilsha, Ithran, and Bera, Jether's sons Japune, Pispa, and Ara, Ula's sons Ara, Hanael, and Rizia. All these were Asher's sons. They were the heads of their ancestral houses, chosen men, warriors, and chiefs among the leaders. The number of men listed in their genealogies for military service was 26,000. And chapter 7, verse 6 to 12. Three of Benjamin's sons, Bala, Becher, and Jediel. Bala's sons, Esbon, Uzi, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Iri, five. They were warriors and heads of their ancestral houses. 22,034 were listed in their genealogies. Becher's sons, Zemurah, Joash, Elizier, Elonai, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Anathoth, and Alameth. All these were Becher's sons. Their genealogies were recorded according to the heads of their ancestral houses, 20,200 warriors. Jadael's sons Bilhan, Bilhan's sons Jeush, Benjamin, Ehud, Shenanah, Zethan, Tarshish, and Abishathar. All these sons of Jedi listed by heads of families were warriors. There were 17,200 who could serve in the army. Shupim and Hupim were sons of Ur, and the Hushim were the sons of Ahur. 1 Chronicles 8, verse 1 to 28. Benjamin fathered Bela, his firstborn. Ashbel was born second, Ahara third, Noah fourth, and Rapha fifth. Bela's sons Adar, Gera, Abuhud, Abishua, Naham, Ahua, Gera, Shepapan, and Huram. These were Ehud's sons who were the heads of the families living in Geba and who were deported to Manathath. Naham, Ahijan, Gera. Gerah deported them and was the father of Uzzah and Ahihud. Shaharim had sons in the country of Moab after he had divorced his wives Hushim and Barah. His sons by his wife Mohodesh, Jobad, Zibai, Mesha, Malcam, Jehuz, Shakai and Mirmah. These were his sons' heads of families. He also had sons by Hushim, Abitub and Epal. Epal's sons Zeber, Misham and Shemed who built Ono and Lod in its villages. Bariah and Shema, who were the heads of families of Ahijon's residents and who drove out the residents of Gath, Ahu, Shashak, and Jeremoth. Zedadiah, Arad, Adair, Mikael, Ishpa, and Juha were Bariah's sons. Zebadiah, Meshulim, Hizki, Eber, Ishmera, Isliah, and Jubad were Epal's sons. Jakim, Zechri, Zabdi, Elanai, Zilathai, Iliel, Adadiah, Beriah, and Shimrath were Simi's sons. Ispan, Eber, Elil, Abdon, Zechri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anathajah, Ehadiah, and Penuel were Shashak's sons. Shamsherah, Shamsherah, Athliah, Jerashiah, Elijah, and Zechri were Jerome's sons. These were heads of families, chiefs according to their genealogies, and lived in Jerusalem. And then First Chronicles 9 verse 1. To finish today.
All Israel was registered in the genealogies that were written about in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was exiled to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. And there we end, day 154 and week 22. If you didn't follow those last couple of days, I understand. Um, And if you did, I am impressed. Um, But we read through the whole Bible in a year and we want to cover every word. And so we had genealogies. And those end our week 22.